Yeah, I didn't. I I had no clue about it until I heard that he died. I was like, wait a minute, he was sick. I didn't even know he was sick. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, regardless, you know whether it was private, whether it was public, it's still a huge loss for the music industry. Um, you know he, uh, you know he he was a talent, an incre- he was a freaking like an incredible talent. Mm-hmm. That uh, unfortunately was gone too soon because I mean to to pass away at the age of sixty five that's still pretty young. Oh, it's way wow. too early. Yeah. But but I mean this is uh, the rock and roll lifestyle, and Eddie Van Halen, like many others, didn't clean up until much later in life. You live that mm-hmm. hard and you damage your body that much for so long. You know what do you expect? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and there were and there were reports too that uh, I don't know if this is, this is actual factual or if this is just this is just rumors that he believed that he contracted uh, throat cancer or he developed I should say uh, right. he developed throat cancer because of a pick that he kept on chewing on from a guitar pick I guess the I heard that pick. yeah I mean. I- I was like, I was like, that's a pretty interesting theory. I don't know if it's a sound theory, but um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you have guitarists that are always chewing on picks all the time. I mean, you think you would hear more than just one, uh, more than just one case of, of throat cancer being developed off of a off of a guitar pick. It's a really interesting idea. I mean, I, when I read that, I thought, wow, I wonder what his, his doctor says. You know what I mean? I just want to mean, nowadays they say it's all around us. Cancer is everywhere. So in some sense, you know, what do we know? Well, that's exactly it. And I mean, think about it. They they talk about not microwaving plastics because of the PCBs leaching in and all those kinds of things. So it's plastic. Who knows what type of plastic they're making the picks out of? I don't know. It's it could be feasible. I mean, it's you know, you never you never know uh, nowadays. It's just it's just one of those things where at this point we're just we're just um we're, we're just sad. We're, you know, the, yeah. the entertainment industry is sad that we lost what a, loss. a legend. It was a huge loss, but uh, my condolences go out to the Van Halen family uh, and to all uh, all fans of Van Halen, you know, uh, and uh, we just have to continue moving forward and honor his memory as best as we can. Absolutely. And his, uh, his, his music will live on. That's it will always sure. live on. It will always live on. So, uh, you know, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. In other entertainment news, Jurassic World Dominion is delayed yet again uh, for 2022. Now, this is just one of many uh, releases, movies that are actually being delayed thanks to COVID-19. And uh, they were actually they were actually uh, scheduled to be or they were planned to be released uh, in the summer of 2021. Not so much anymore because now it's going to uh, to uh, June 10th, 2022. And along with uh, with uh, uh, the delays goes Batman. Batman's another one that was delayed. Uh, also because, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, Pattinson, uh, he was actually, he was actually, uh, so, uh, you know, allegedly he caught, uh, Robert Pattinson allegedly caught uh, COVID-19. So uh, they had to also delay because of that as well. Uh, but that one's another one that's going to be actually delayed as well. Uh, at, along with uh, The Flash and Shazam 2. The Flash uh, is delayed, was delayed from June 2nd, 2022 to now mm-hmm. November 4th, 2022. Shazam 2 will debut in theaters on June 2nd, 2023 now. Um, and 
instead of its original date of November 4th, 2022. So they've got those movies that are going to be coming out way later. The one movie, however, that that actually uh, is is uh, is making is moving up instead of going backwards is Matrix Four. Matrix Four was scheduled to be released on uh, in April on April 1st, 2022. It's now got a new release date, which is December 22nd, 2021. So at least you know we have that. And of course, again, the Batman. Uh, that one's delayed from October 1st, 2021 to March 4th, 2022. So a lot of delays uh, going on in uh, the movie industries. I mean, right now, uh, experts are pretty much saying that if Marvel and DC are able to finish on time, they could mm-hmm. flood the theaters all of 2021 with all their movies if they're able to finish in time. So, I mean, I, I have no complaints about that. I mean, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to a lot of these movies. Oh, it'd be really cool to see, especially if they're able to hit it back to back to back with all of this in the can already. But, you know, let's let's take a thought here for a moment for everybody in the industry, because this is, you know, yes, it affects us as fans and the things we right. can watch and the entertainment we're, wait, we're waiting on. But this has thrown the entire industry, like all industries, into oh, chaos. Yeah. I mean, I, as you know, Lonnie, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, nothing's in production. Nope. We're, production. We're, and we're, I don't know about you, Jeremy, you're working, you're an actor. I, I act as well. Mm-hmm. If, if I could con- compare and contrast you guys 20 20- 20 to 2019. 2019, I shot three commercials. I was crazy busy. I traveled to the Bahamas for a job. It was insane. 2020 comes around. Most of my auditions are via Zoom and or self-tapes. I'm going to tell you something. I have a friend who's rocking it. He's booking. He shot a bunch of films and commercials. But for those of us to audition really well in person, it's been kind of tough. You know, and absolutely. um, Um, I have a couple. I mean, I've like you said, I have a couple of friends that have worked pretty consistently. But 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 that you shut up. I know what you're going to say, Xander. (laughs) (laughs) I have. I was just shocked. That's news to me that you have have, friends. (laughs) I have many friends. I just don't introduce them to you because they wouldn't be my friends anymore. (laughs) Smart man. That's a smart man right there. Let me tell you. (laughs) What I was going to say, though, was, you know, I have many friends who've been working consistently through this but they're mm-hmm. non-union right. you know, union right. gigs right now can't right. get insurance so right. there's no union gigs yep. working it's it's exactly. i mean there's so yeah. many people sitting on their you know thumbs at the mm-hmm. moment because there isn't any options no nope. you know i mean people don't realize the people behind the scenes hustle they go oh, from yeah. one job to the next to the next to the next they are mm-hmm. constantly hustling the cameramen the lighting men the crew the grips right. everybody <laughs> and i mean these guys work six seven eight different projects a year at least to keep going mm-hmm. and there's nothing. I mean, it's yeah. people are really hurting. And the, and the other the other issue here too is not to not not only that, but I mean, what if in the middle of a shoot suddenly you know sudden someone gets COVID or something? God forbid. Well, that's that's you know? why the insurance oh, yeah. companies will not you know yep. will not grant uh, insurance coverage for a shoot right now. It's, yeah. it's a difficult situation and, right now. And you guys, you know, another thing is just 
that I was just thinking the delays too. We know how much goes into the red carpet events and these actors, you know, having to promote the film for months at a time. So no red carpet events, no Oscars this year. And even you know, if you do, even if you do have red carpet events, you you get the backlash of how dare you go ahead and do a red carpet event in the middle of a pandemic? What's yep. the matter with you? that? Could also hurt the movie as well. That I'll, that could also hurt the popularity. Yep. It absolutely. OCR. Yep. It absolutely would. People, you know, mm-hmm. they would definitely be taken to task for not showing some uh, responsibility. And that's mm-hmm. why, I mean, that's why Sundance was canceled this year so far. Yeah. That's why all the, you know, um, all the festivals, it's, I, I doubt we'll see Cannes this year. You know, it's <laughs> it's a weird time in the entertainment industry Comic- as, yeah, as but everywhere. To, <laughs> but to, 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 to kind of speak on a positive note, bummer for all the films in theaters, which I do miss going to theater but hooray for netflix amazon prime hbo i tell you they have really stepped up it has been amazing to see and i think we were very uh, fortunate that most of the streaming services were really trying to ramp up their own Mm -hmm. programming before this started so we've had some really good programming Mm -hmm. and entertainment to still you know to keep us going Yes. I mean, in my opinion, and this is something that I actually... Nobody wants to hear your opinion. I don't care. Um, I'm going to give it anyway, okay? That's how I do things, right? That's how I roll, son. Um, no, what I was going to say is that basically, you know, my, in my opinion, I think that movie theaters should consider, I mean, maybe I'm wrong in this, but maybe they should consider doing their premieres digitally, like do an app, do an AMC app or something like that, where you pay the regular price that you would for a ticket at a movie theater. Granted, I get it that they, a lot of their money is also derived from the concession stands, but right. in order to at least keep the lights on, at least go right. ahead and do the premiere on an app or something, which will cost like thirty bucks or whatever to go ahead and rent the movie for for one, you know, like if you would go to a movie theater. There's no you harm know, in that, really, in my opinion. You know what I thought you were going to say, Xander? I, I thought you were going to say something I, really I, bad, I, something really naughty. No. No, here's the idea. I thought, I thought you were going to say, I really want movie theaters to, which seems like everything, do something where they can do like a, a seating outdoors. I thought you were going to say that. Well, they try, they're trying to do that with a lot yeah. of driving. Uh, driving. They're starting to yeah. come back and everything. And that's cool and everything. But mm-hmm. what if some people, you know, don't have a vehicle? What if some people right. don't, uh, can't get to a drive-in? There's a right. lot of, there's a lot of those issues as well. Not only that, but I mean, yes, outdoor seating is great and everything, but you still run the risk of getting infected by COVID if yeah, the wind do. blows in your direction or something. Someone sneeze, the wind blows right in your You're upwind, boom. Guess what? Right. You, might, you might get it. So there's still risk involved with being outdoors as well. There's so- a, there's absolutely risk involved, but we have had certain events that have pushed forwards and have shown that with proper mm-hmm. distancing and with proper, you know, making mm-hmm. sure people warp, you know, masks and things to protect them. I I believe it was France or Germany who actually Mm -hmm. held a social experiment where they held a concert with, I think, 20,000 people, but they did it in a a large arena Mm -hmm. and everybody was spaced out and they did masks and they did all this stuff and they the government actually tracked it and they didn't have any cases come out of it but they were kept certain distance apart. I mean, there's there's pictures of this concert. It's a very odd sight seeing mm-hmm. the crowd with all this space in it and everything, but they were able to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing a lot of the kind of front runners 
kind of create the path for mm-hmm. a certain amount of safety. Um, similar to, not to get into sports too early, but similar to the mm-hmm. NFL stepping up and showing that, okay, we're going to try and do it this way. Now we've seen there's been some outbreaks, there's been whatever, but they've been able to keep it somewhat contained. They've postponed games, they've had a handle on it. Well, now that we have a blueprint, other college football teams, other sports are looking at that and saying, okay, here's something that we can follow with a certain degree of safety. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. That could work as well. It's just, again, I mean, but I, I mean, I go back to the whole, like, what harm would it be to go ahead and just, you know, give people the option to watch the movie from home? You still get, you still get, you know, your money in there. You still, and I can guarantee you that if they went ahead and did an app like that, they'd probably be making more money that way. You know, I think it would be a good idea. The problem is you brought it up already. Mm -hmm. It would have to be a very large markup on the ticket price. Yeah. Because with distributor fees, with what the, you know, the filmmakers take what the production company takes what the distribution house takes what the theaters actually see on ticket prices is bare minimal bare minimal that's why we pay such ridiculous amounts at the concession stand so the markup would have to be pretty high for a ticket to do the app and then and then you have to ask yourself who's who's going not to interrupt you jeremy you have to ask yourself you have to ask yourself who's going to buy it because you know a lot of people are on budgets right now it's like you know spending extra money on on a movie that you know that's really not an essential it's not an i mean one could argue it is because we all need you know the escape from the reality right now sometimes but a lot of folks don't want us to have families they don't want to spend that much on a movie ticket not when they can watch reruns at home or netflix you know or or they could just buy a bowl well, yeah. Oh, we're back to that again. <laughs> oh no, I meant, I meant. Well, I meant, uh, I meant the, the yoga pole thing, not the other uh, <laughs> In other entertainment news, <laughs> I guess we'll have to see what happens. In other entertainment news, Daniel Craig goes ahead and gives some advice to the next Bond. Uh, he was on, uh, he was on uh, Jimmy Fallon um, this week. Mm. He went ahead and talked a little bit about, you know, him bowing out of being 007 now and uh, you know passing the torch on to somebody else, and his advice. This is pretty clear. He said, don't F it up. Um, <laughs> wow. He said, quote, it's okay. a beautiful, amazing thing. Leave it better than when you found it. I actually like that. That was actually really good advice. So, I mean, I, I, I think uh, Daniel Craig did an incredible job as, as James Bond. Um, he really gave the character, uh, you know, credit. Uh, you know, from its predecessors. Um, of course, you know, Jeremy, you are, I already know how you feel about one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Not too fond about one of them. Two of them. Two of Pierce? them. Two of them. Okay. What about Pierce, guys? That's, that's who he's talking about. That's one of them. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm old school when it comes to Bond, and Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan were just, for me, horrific as Bond. I did not enjoy those films at all, and I didn't oh, like wow. their takes on them. That was just me. My family, who also loved Bond, loved Pierce Brosnan in it. I do too. That's personally, what I, I really, yeah. I didn't dig on him at all. Yeah. Well, you know, guys, I don't know if you guys heard, I don't know who the next Bond will be, but I know there were some talks, and I don't know if this was just rumors. A lot of people were saying that Idris Elba. That's the one we were talking about 
because that's who I would love if oh they follow through God. with that. I think he makes an incredible bond. Yeah, because we that's were we, actually a couple of episodes ago, Jeremy and I we were talking because there was a rumor that Henry Cavill was also interested in uh, in the Bond role as well. Okay. Uh, but um, you know, I mean, basically, uh, Jeremy and I we we talked about this and we felt that mm-hmm. Henry's just too big. He's just too burly, right. you know, to be a Bond. Yeah. Bond needs to be uh, needs to be very, uh, I guess, what you might mm-hmm. say, uh, limber, very. Uh, yeah, not, not that big. Debonair. Exactly, you know, and, yeah. and and Henry's just too. I mean, he's playing Sherlock Holmes in the new Netflix uh, original series, Enola Holmes, and he's just big there too. I can't see him as Sherlock <laughs> either, you know, especially after seeing Robert Downey Jr. with that horrible English accent that he did, you know, right. to, uh, Sherlock Holmes, and then here comes Henry Cavill, Superman, right. freaking ginormous man. I mean, doing Sherlock Holmes as well. I was like, I don't know about that one either, yeah. but but I mean, you know. And this is by no means I'm criticizing his acting. I'm just criticizing, you know, the look for the role, right. in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I mean, Idris already has a British accent, which I'm always impressed that he's able to change that to an American accent for some of the roles that he's done here in the States. But, uh, I mean, the man is just good looking, charming, tough. And I have to tell you, I have a pretty diverse group of girlfriends who all love them some Idris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I, <laughs> I, I, I figured that much. The, yeah, the man has quite a following, and as you said, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know many females who who don't swoon a bit with him. Oh, so yeah. um, his talent is amazing, and like you said, he has that debonair, yes. kind of unassuming. Well, not unassuming. I would say non intimidating. You know, yes. it's not an overwhelming presence. <laughs> Which I don't think Bond should be, you know. It's yeah. it's that it's that very smooth, and yep. and he has that. So mm-hmm. and you hit the nail right on the head, Jeremy. I mean, that's the word I was going to use is smooth because that's that's the kind of the kind of uh, persona that he personifies, for lack of a better word. You know, right. I mean, he's got that smoothness about him, and I think he would make a great uh, James Bond, to be honest. But you also you also threw in another you threw in a curveball, Jeremy, uh, and you mentioned another other person that would actually make a good James Bond. Yeah, I really, really think Tom Hiddleston could hit it on the head too. I, oh, wow. I think I think he really has the look. He, like you said, he still has that that debonair, non-imposing, but still very, you know, grabs your attention. I think mm-hmm. he could make a very, very good Bond. But yeah. You know, You know, a long time ago, I interviewed Blair Underwood on the red carpet. And at that time, you know, he was younger. And I was like, Blair, you should be the next Bond, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, now that we have Idris, you know, I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm buying for you guys somebody black or Latin. (laughs) I I would love it, especially with somebody like Idris. uh, The first time I heard them mention his name connected with it, I just, Mm -hmm. my mind said, that's perfect. Yeah, I mean, you just you just mentioned Latin. I mean, could you imagine a Latin Bond that, like, you know, somebody coming but like, "Orale, I want my tequila shaken, not stirred." All right, I want my tequila like that. All right, no says way. I was gonna say, if we're talking about England, though, I, yeah, and, and that's I'm, true. I'm not being racist here, but <laughs> if you talk about the population and you want to go with a diverse Bond. Indian would make a heck of a lot more sense. Oh, 
you know, I didn't even think about that. That would, that that would, would be actually, amazing. Yeah, that with, with, the, with the large Indian yes. population of, mm-hmm. of England and London in Very particular, um, that would make a lot of sense. So finding yeah. a strong Indian actor mm-hmm. um, oh, with a British accent. There. Oh, I'm sure. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, you had, I mean, definitely, uh, definitely possibilities are endless as far as the new Bond goes. Um, but, uh, you know, as it's Daniel stands, Craig says, don't fuck it up. Pretty much. Pretty take much. take the advice, guys. Take that advice because that's good advice coming from Daniel Craig. And the guy's intimidating as it is. I wouldn't want to mess with him. No. I mean, have you seen him? Like, would you like? Would you mess with Daniel Craig? I, I wouldn't. Like that guy's. Oh, no. I don't know. In in my golden days, maybe I'm old now. <laughs> very true. Very true. Coming up next in sports news, Washington football team is benching Dwayne Haskins for Kyle Allen at quarterback. Hmm. I wonder how that's going to go ahead and affect fantasy football. We'll find out coming up. But first, here is Dose Can't Get Enough right here on the Xander Effect.
show known as the Xander effect so make sure you tune in turn up and turn out for my boy Xander you feel me the Xander effect you did Okay. 
That was Safura's High on Your Love right here on the Xander Effect. Looks like Washington football is benching Dwayne Haskins for Kyle Allen at quarterback. And I mean, Jeremy, as far as fantasy football goes, actually, just as far as that goes, I mean, what what are your thoughts about that? I mean, that seems like a little bit harsh going into week five. Well, I'm not a big fan of throwing rookie quarterbacks out there, especially on bad teams, which are the ones who tend to need to start a rookie. So you're pulling the rug out from under him before he really gets his feet wet. I mean, four games is not enough time to judge somebody who did not get a full camp and, you know, is really just still coming out of college. So, um, I personally don't like starting them in the first place, but I think if you're going to, you don't pull the rug out from under him this quick. And here's the other issue, too, is that not only did he bench Haskins and put in uh, Kyle Allen, but he also elevated Alex Smith to number two. So completely like he's been downgraded completely in that team right now. That's that's something that, uh, you know, and they even asked Coach Rivera, Ron Rivera of of the Washington football team, which I cannot get. I I, I still cannot get over that name. Um, Washington (laughs) football. Come on. Give these guys a freaking Give these guys a name for God's sake. You're driving me nuts with that. Um, The coach Ron Rivera was asked and he said that he was going to go ahead and keep uh, Haskins. But I think maybe maybe the office is pressuring them to get rid of him. Mm. Yeah, there's so much pressure when you're in that position. I tell you, it's like, you know, you wait for the opportunity uh, because that's your opportunity when you're second string or third string. But man, when when the opportunity comes, you know, as Jeremy's, Jeremy's saying, it, it's a lot of pressure, you know, to go from college play, you know, I don't know what his background, to then go to pros in that position. It's tough. And I mean, at this point, it just seems that it just seems that it's a little harsh, but maybe they're trying to at least salvage some of the season because right now the team is one and three. So oh, it's a it's a it's a tough position to be in. But, it you know, more than likely, he was probably getting pressured from the front office and saying, dude, you got to like make some changes in your lineup. Otherwise, we're going to have a really bad year. We're already having a bad year. So yeah, I, I can see the that. pressure. The pressure's there top to bottom. And I understand that. I mean, the GM's got to keep his job. The coach has right. got to keep his job so on but that's why you don't make him your starting quarterback in the first place mm-hmm. you know if you're if you if there was any chance that you're going to demote him this quickly why did you start him in the first place if he's mm-hmm. bad enough that you've got to make him the third stringer he should mm-hmm. never have been your starting quarterback in the first place he should have been sitting on the bench learning Mm-hmm. And here's and here's the other issue along with that. Let's go to fantasy football owners, the ones that figured that this 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 starting quarterback was going to go ahead and put up numbers is now benched. That's going to affect their numbers as well, I would imagine. Oh, it absolutely will fantasy wise. But I mean, I have to say anyone who was relying on Dwayne Haskins for their season was pretty screwed <laughs> as it is. If you made that decision before draft day, then your season was pretty much screwed already. Um, it's not that he didn't have some potential upside to flash. Some people talked about him having some big games, but Washington's offense is not a powerhouse. And again, it's fantasy football. You you mitigate risk. Why in the world would you take mm-hmm. a young, unproven quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, when there were so many other options out there? I mean, 
it, it just from a fantasy perspective, you you better have some backups, and that or I mean, Dwayne Haskins should never have been your starter. So unless you had a major injury beforehand and he was the only guy you had left you could start, this really shouldn't affect too many fantasy football teams. I'm just thinking right now, he's probably not feeling real good about himself. You know, you think I I always think about like what they're feeling behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. you know? And they also have to go ahead and ask themselves, what am I doing here? Right? (laughs) Like, it makes you second guess yourself, I would imagine. I mean, you know, being going from a starting position to now third string, Mm -hmm. that's just, that's just right there. I mean, and the other thing too that's possible, maybe the chemistry wasn't working between him and his teammates. That could be another issue right there, is that he just wasn't mixing well with them. And because of that, you know, mistakes were made. And now he's paying the price for it as as leader of the of the team because I mean quarterbacks are known to be pretty much the leaders. They're the mm-hmm. ones that are going to go ahead and get the ball downfield. They're the ones that are gonna make yep. decisions of whether or not they're gonna run it, which way they're gonna run it, which way they're gonna pass it, etc. And so, you know, being a leader, that's that's more pressure on you as well. So chemistry is a big deal. You guys, did he have a lot of sacks? Like, was he? Did he throw a lot of interceptions? Like, what happened? It, it's been a rough four games for him. Yeah, he's taken Has some. It? You know, he's taken some big sacks. Not okay. really his fault as much. I mean, his line's right. broken down. Right. Um, but yeah, he's a young quarterback. That's just what it is. You know, it happens. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll like what you said, Xander. Um, there's so many things that could be going into it. The chemistry, the yep. relationship with the coach, anything. I'll take it back to the to the 80s when Elway came in. I've talked about this before. His coach was Dan Reeves. Dan Reeves and him hated each other. They Dan Reeves wanted a certain type of safe quarterback, a little dink and dunk thing who'd never put the team at risk. Elway was this dynamic quarterback with all these tools who didn't want to be handcuffed and mm-hmm. they could not work it out. We're talking about, as I've said, in my opinion, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Oh, yeah. And at one point, Dan Reeves wanted him traded. Wow. So that that tells you something about what goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And hopefully Haskins can keep that in mind to some degree that maybe it's not all about you know him not being good enough. And oh maybe, yeah. Maybe he can keep pushing forwards and come back from this. I mean, and we also have I mean, going back to like we had a conversation about this as well, Jeremy, uh, in regards to what happened with uh, the New York Jets quarterback. I mean, Mark Sanchez. You know. oh, yeah, what happened to Mark Sanchez? By the way, Mark Sanchez, can I just throw this in there, is easy on the eye. <laughs> I, 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 I expected we might hear that. Um, Eventually, we were going to hear something about that. You know, I'm, su- I'm surprised. I'm surprised that you, you, you didn't you didn't say that sooner, there, Lonnie. <laughs> but unfortunately I mean, for Mark, he you know it's a similar situation. He got thrown in as yep. a rookie mm-hmm. on a very bad team in a yep. similar situation to the Dan Reeves situation. The coach he had when he came in was a conservative coach who wanted to run. 
didn't want to do anything but throw five-yard passes, and that's not the quarterback that Sanchez was, and it mm-hmm. ruined his game. He played very well the year he came out, and every year after that, he declined. His numbers declined, his accuracy declined, his ability to work in that system went down every single year, and it was a shame to watch because he was a very talented quarterback, and mm-hmm. again, they ruined these young quarterbacks by throwing them in too early. I'm a very big fan of the old school way, like they did with Carson Mm -hmm. Palmer in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Brought him Mm -hmm. in, let him sit for two years behind John Kitna to learn, learn the system, and then the kid comes out and starts blowing everybody away. That's how you do it. And then you have a case where, and I'm just going to plug the Steelers for a bit. There we go. go Way way back, you know. Here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. No, I'm going to just go back. And, uh, you know, during, I I don't know what season it was. It was a while back when Charlie Batts was playing. I'm only using this as an an example, Jerry, to sort of piggyback on what you're saying. Mm -hmm. The Steelers lucked out because they had been. But then they had their backup being Charlie, who had already played for Detroit. So he had a little bit of, he had some experience under his wings. Not only that, he and Ben, and I know this for a fact, were super close. Like they would share information. He was all in anytime. So then when Ben got injured and then Charlie had to step up and step, you know, and be the starter, he was able to sort of just step up with grace and get the job done. But he was a little older. And he um, had some experience already. So there's something to be said about that. And and the other thing too is that like we're, when we're comparing all these all these uh, quarterbacks along with the relationship with their coach. I mean, look at look at Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's golden boy was Brett Favre, and as soon as uh, Favre left, Rodgers came in. They could not get along. Like mm. Mike McCarthy could not get along with Aaron Rodgers. It was, you know, I mean, it was one of those things where they were always button heads over certain things up until up until Rod, uh, up until McCarthy left, and then Matt Lafleur came in, and uh, there were rumors that they were also button heads a little bit here and there, but they finally they finally came to an agreement and a chemistry that they could finally agree with. And that's important. And the relationship between the quarterback and his coach is always incredibly important for it to actually work for the entire team. I mean, that's the reason, that's the reason why, why uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady worked out so well, because I mean, I always said this. Papa Belichick always had his his little boy Tom Brady's you know back all the time. So mm-hmm. I mean now 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 that now that Brady's with uh, Tampa Bay, I mean we were I, we were talking about this the other day, Lottie. How like they were they would you know put the camera on Tom Brady. He had this look on his face. Oh, like, totally. I, I miss Papa Belichick. Get me back over there. Like, yeah, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. Because I tell you, I mean, I mean, I give him. Props, man, because the dude, just his 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 discipline is just incredible. I always say I wish the Steelers had him. But uh, but yeah, but the look on his face the other day, yeah, he definitely looked like a fish out of water. He looked he looked he looked like the <laughs> scoreboard and he had like he was grinding his teeth because he they were only up by three. And he was like, yeah. Man, we should be destroying these. Oh wait, this isn't Papa Belichick's team. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely um, you know it's definitely worth to note that that uh, all these chemistries have a lot to do with a player and how well they're going to perform out in the field with the pressure that's on top of them as well. well absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the look at the great dynasties, 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, especially in football. You always have that quarterback who is associated with that coach. Aikman mm-hmm. and Johnson, Montana and Walsh. I mean, you yep. always, of the great dynasties, you always have that connection between mm-hmm. the two leaders, the head coach and the quarterback. And Chuck Noll, Terry Bradshaw. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and those names are always said in the same breath. Yep. You know, in the discussion. So, yep. yeah, that relationship is so crucial. And again, you see it in the history of football. Belichick and Brady, all the dynasties. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's how it always continue to be. That's just the way it goes. And, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate for this young uh, quarterback to get benched third string. But hopefully while he's there. He might learn a few things, uh, and he might actually get better. So this might be a good move for him. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. In other sports news, Dave Bautista went ahead and uh, confessed that when he was wrestling in the WWE, he actually hid inhalers underneath the wrestling ring due to his asthma. And uh, and he actually uh, he actually went ahead and posted on social media. He was responding to uh, somebody on social media that said that they were that they were they complimented him, you know, on his impressive work as a wrestler, uh, and he said, "quote I hid inhalers under the ring, and with people working around the ring, I'm not kidding. The cold venues were my nightmare. I mean, could you imagine being, oh gosh. Uh, you know, a wrestler having that much, you know, work? I mean, because wrestlers, they, they." The the drama may be staged, scripted, whatever you want, but the but the actual wrestling is real and it takes a toll on your body. Let alone somebody that has asthma problems. I mean, as big as the guy is, because Dave Bautista is like ginormous. He's a freaking you know he's a freaking truck of a man. Um, you would have never known that you know he has that weakness, which is well, I mean, not a weakness, but I mean, it's just a, it's just an unfortunate thing that he you know he was born with of asthma. What an inspiration, uh, though. What an inspiration he can be now for young kids. You know, my nephew, you know, and, and various people who love wrestling. Well, I, I mean, yeah, he's 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 definitely uh, he's definitely an inspiration. I wouldn't call him like the end all be all of inspiration because I mean, if you guys remember a few years ago, there was a wrestler that wrestled with one leg. If you guys can oh, remember. Oh, gee, wow, no, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, this is back in uh, early two thousands. Uh, they had this one wrestler that actually wrestled with only one leg. And talk about like the, I, I, it was incredible how they were able to see. I, I can't remember his name right now. I'll, I'll remember it soon enough. Um, but he wrestled with one leg, and he did a great job. He actually did a great job. He was very entertaining. Um, you know, he won a couple of matches too. I mean, obviously they're 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 set up that way. But uh, it's 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 really cool to actually see because wrestlers have to communicate with each other while they're in the ring. They have to right. tell each other what's the next move, what's going to happen next, where they're going to fall, how's it going to go down, because that's what's very important when it comes to wrestling is the communication between the two athletes in the ring. They may hate each other. They may hate mm-hmm. each other. Even even in, real, in, in real life, they may actually really not like each other or really hate each other. But when they're in the ring, they throw all that out because they know that at the end of the day, they have each other's lives in the palm of their hands, in the palm of each other's hands. I mean, there was an... And for that reason, people say, it's not real. Although my great aunt, although my great aunt, 
You guys, God rest her soul. She's amazing. My Aunt Bert loved wrestling. And don't you ever tell her it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the thing is that it's an, I mean, it's an unfortunate fact that there have been accidents that have have happened in the mm-hmm. ring. I mean, you have a wrestler. Oh, and heart. Owen Hart was well. That that was a that was just oh man, that was just a horrible, horrible freak accident that happened with him. But I'm talking about actual like in ring, uh, you know, accidents as far as when a wrestler like makes a bad move. Ivan Drozdov is paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah, Droz. About because of a bad move that D'Lo Brown did on him by accident. It was a complete accident. He dropped them on his neck and broke it. And yeah, um, he's, not, he's paralyzed now from the from the from his neck down for the rest of his life because of that. Dilo has to live with that for the rest of his life. Uh, that he screwed the pooch on that. I absolutely. Mean, you know, and like that, there are many other wrestlers that they say it, you know it I al- timed it, it wrong. It almost happened to uh, Nikki Bella. Uh huh. Wow. She, she got very lucky. She got put down. I believe it was a pile driver or a suplex, and mm. she fractured one of the vertebrae in her back and could have been paralyzed. And oh she had, goodness. she actually continued to wrestle. She continued going, even though she knew something was seriously wrong and did what they do when they're hurt is she went down. She basically let the opponent know it's over. I'm taking the loss. I mean, it was, it was like that quick, but wow. she suffered a broken back. It was a fractured vertebrae. And had it been, you know, another millimeter of pressure whatever you want to call it it could have paralyzed her for life i mean this is although as as xander said the results are scripted the physical (laughs) punishment these people take is not it is as real as can be yeah and and not only that i mean uh, you know we also have another female wrestler that also almost uh uh got paralyzed lita yeah. Lita went for a Lita went for a uh, diving, I guess diving a swan dive, I guess or whatever, from the middle of the rope to the outside of the ring, and right. when she landed, she landed head and neck first into oh the barricade of the of the of the crowd, and you could mm. see her neck just go back. I'm like, oh, I can feel that from here. And Ooh. she actually had to have neck surgery. She, I mean, doctors are saying she probably would never be able to wrestle again. Same thing happened with Edge. Edge is another mm-hmm. one that also suffered neck injuries. Neck injuries happen all the time in mm-hmm. WWE. I mean, granted, they're 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 becoming they're becoming more you know uh, vigilant on mm-hmm. that, but it still happens. Right. Fortunately, so hearing that hearing that Batista has you know mm-hmm. asthma and everything, that's that would probably be the least of his issues that he had in the ring because I'm sure that he also suffered some pretty physical uh, some, mm-hmm. some physical injuries. Oh, oh! I can only imagine. I'm just how much does the average wrestler make? The average wrestler, not a heck of a lot, actually. Yeah, not I really. Mean, <laughs> unless unless you make it to the big show and make it as one of the stars. Okay. The, these guys die broke with yeah, very with very broken bodies. I mean, that's so just. So pardon the truth. my ignorance, you guys. The only person I can think of is Hulk Hogan. Well, we know for him, his name and just you know, the merchandise sold. Of, you know, with his name, probably what made him all the money that he's made. Well, it all depends. I mean, a a guy like him, I believe, was making in his heyday, you know, close to five, ten million dollars a year. 
Wow. And that was his share from WWE. Um, oh, wow. That wasn't just his merchandising. So he was, yeah. but he was the top. I mean, that was, yeah. that was it. You know, yeah. The Rock, those guys, they were all making mm-hmm. millions out of John that. Cena as well. John, John Cena. Yeah. But if you are not that level, you know, you're just floating. Mm-hmm. There are so many mm-hmm. great wrestlers mm-hmm. that are mid-level people who just float through this industry. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, it's just so sad to see that if they don't get mm-hmm. into the broadcasting side of it, or if they don't mm-hmm. get into something else where they get to continue, mm-hmm. they, they end up very, very painfully crippled old men who really can't take care of themselves because there's no financial stability for them. And there's also rumor as well. This is just a rumor that I heard a long time ago is that uh, if you're a heel, which means you're a bad guy, you actually make more mm-hmm. money as a heel than you do as a good guy. At least that's 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 what I heard a long time ago. It would um, make much. Mm. It would make a lot of sense yeah, because as, as a good heel, you got to take a lot of heat. And oh, yeah. I mean, you you are. <laughs> taking a lot from the fans a lot of verbal abuse sometimes physical abuse so it would make sense that you're giving them a little extra bump for that so yeah, yeah. i mean and and that's and again you got to give them all props for everything that mm-hmm. they do i mean there's a lot of the, a lot of the wrestlers are actually starting to get smart a lot of the younger wrestlers are starting to get smart but wwe is also kind of like they're, they're kind of tying their hands too because a lot of these wrestlers they were trying to start their own YouTube channels. They were trying to start their That's own thing. And WWE said, you can't do that anymore. You're not allowed uh-huh. to do that anymore. They actually, they, they tied their hands. They couldn't, I mean, there's a lot of wrestlers that had their own like YouTube subscribers, everything. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do that anymore because I guess it was a conflict mm-hmm. of interest. I guess it's it, no, it's not sure. a conflict of interest. It's bad. Vince. It's Vince McMahon doing what he always does, mm. and trying to keep ultimate control of how mm. his performers are perceived. He does not want them to mm. be able to control their own image. Mm. That's he's never allowed his wrestlers to do that. That he or has, he has an image that they are expected to maintain, and. That's that's it. I mean, he has always maintained that much control over his brand, and he's shooting himself in the foot. I mean, as you said, Xander, mm. it's yeah. this is the way of the world now, and the popularity Absolutely. that he could bring even more to his brand is is huge. But he doesn't see that. He sees the old school. You know, it has to be my way. It has to. You know, he's he's got a a, a rather narrow way of thinking. It, it would appear at the mm. moment. And yeah, they that, should be able to do YouTube. Like, well, that's, well, the other thing, too, is that that or Vince doesn't see any money coming his way from the YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. It's not fiscally uh, advantageous for him to actually allow his wrestlers to go into business for themselves because, like you said, Jeremy, that's the control he has over them. And if they can make a business for themselves, they don't need him. They don't need for him to, yeah. to go ahead and pretty much say, well, either work for me or you're fired. No. Mm-hmm. Like, like these guys would be like, fine, fire me. I have my YouTube. I got my fans. I right. got my money. Bye. Yeah. You know, but he doesn't want that because he knows that, especially now that he also mm-hmm. is has to compete against AEW and yep. other wrestling organization he has to compete with. Granted, it's not huge competition yet i mean AEW still is actually still a growing organization it's doing pretty well uh it's been beating uh um 
It's been beating NXT week by week uh, in the ratings wars on Wednesdays. Um, so it's it's one of those things where he has to go ahead and see that too. And he doesn't like that. And let me tell you something. This is an issue. Going back to uh, something you mentioned, mm-hmm. Jeremy, about how mm-hmm. Vincent Man is still old school. This is an issue that Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H, has been having with Vince. Like, Paul Levesque mm-hmm. is practically, you know, Paul Levesque is his son-in-law. He's married to his, his daughter, uh, Stephanie McMahon. And... Triple H, he's the one that that created NXT. He's the one that found these young wrestlers and this young town, and everybody has praised him. No sooner did he start doing well, that's when Vince stepped in and said, I'm still alive here. I'm still alive here, and I still have say. So it's difficult for anybody to try to circumvent Vince because he just doesn't want to let go. He doesn't want anybody to have any control over his brand. Granted, it's his. He took it over when his father died, Vincent Man Sr. I mean, he he took it over and he made it what it is today. But times have changed. It's time to go ahead and listen to the 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 fans, and that's something right. this refuses to do. He refuses to listen to them. Um, and so I don't know. It's it's pretty. It's a pretty interesting situation what wrestlers have over there. But again. Massive props for Dave Bautista to to be uh, telling people that hey, you know what? Even though I was in there busting my butt, um, I had I had an issue that I had to go ahead and take care of. And that's actually a very very uh, creative way of continuing to wrestle, even with asthma, is just hiding you know inhalers all over the place. You know, wow. time out. That's actually very very you know very uh, uh, innovative for him to do that. So props to him for doing that. Yeah. In other sports news, the Lakers are just saying, nah, we're going to win this. They went ahead and uh, got their victory, game four victory against the Miami Heat, 102 to 96. And before the game started, the leader of the locker room, LeBron James, went ahead and texted his uh, his Lakers uh, his, his Lakers group chat. He said mm-hmm. just two words, must win. That's Love it. it. And that's Love the it. only thing he needed to tell everybody. Anthony Davis said, quote, we see the message from our leader. That's it's that simple. And he yeah. just left it at that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you got to you got to see that the Lakers, they're hungry for that championship. They want that championship. Mm-hmm. LeBron wants another mm-hmm. ring. I mean, they're doing this for Kobe. They're doing this for Los yeah. Angeles. They're doing it for uh, for everybody. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a great job. So. At this point, they they meet up against uh, Miami on Friday, and that'll either be the championship, you know, game for the Lakers. That'll be it because they're only one game away from winning the series, from winning the championship, and that'll be on Friday. So here's yeah. hoping that that happens. I mean, right now, as it stands on the other side of the spectrum, uh, Jimmy Butler, the leader of his locker room, is basically, you know, he's saying, uh, quote, uh, you know, well, actually, I, I wouldn't even quote him on this. He's basically saying that he's the, the confidence isn't going uh, is still going to remain high. So they still have confidence that they could beat the Lakers. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens on Friday. But, uh, yeah, it's getting good right now in the NBA. You know what I loved in the post game? I, I saw the interview where they were talking to LeBron about just how he and Anthony David, how they, they challenge each other, how he challenges him and how, you know, he just how how much confidence he has on whoever is on the floor. 
you know, in that clutch moment. And I just, I love the fact that he was speak because I, I really feel like in sports and a lot of things in life, so much of what you speak and believe comes into fruition. So whether he truly, truly believes it or not, just by saying he believes in all of them and their ability is one of the reasons why I think the Lakers are successful. I, I would have to definitely agree with that. And I, mm-hmm. I think if you listen to LeBron now, and given, I mean, it's always possible that it's fake, but it doesn't mm-hmm. seem it. Mm-hmm. He has matured. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. This is not the selfish young player that he was. I believe yep. he I believe he's dealing with a lot with why he wants to win. Of course he wants to continue his legacy, continue mm-hmm. the discussion with who's the best between him and Jordan, the more championships he gets, the more right. that comes into play, so on and so forth. But it's not about him anymore. He feels the legacy right. of coming to the Lakers, one of the greatest franchises ever, and mm-hmm. wanting to live up to coming to a franchise of such renown. He feels pressure living up to and honoring Kobe, who mm-hmm. he's already said was his inspiration, who he watched in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, that was his inspiration, was his guy. And he mm-hmm. said the only real regret he has in his life was he was supposed to sit down and have dinner with Kobe at one point and they never got the chance. Oh, oh. It's yeah. sad. It's a sad situation. So I mean, you know yeah. he's feeling that pressure. He oh, yeah. wants to honor him. He wants to honor the franchise. He wants mm-hmm. to live up to that legacy. He wants to live up to his own legacy. And he's got the perfect sidekick. The way they mm-hmm. were talking about their relationship, oh, there yeah. is not a single bit of jealousy between the two of them. <laughs> they each look at each other like brothers. Mm-hmm. Like, I yep. want to I want to do what I can do to make him as great as he can be. And yep. when you have teammates who look at each other like that man mm-hmm. that is a recipe for long-term success that's what that you need i mean when you look at the warriors um so i was living up in the bay area steph and uh oh gosh his name is escapes oh, me Stephen clay Steph- and, yeah. yeah Stephen clay Stephen clay you know i mean that they, they they both of them are like brothers out there absolutely and they're three-point monsters i mean they're like <laughs> crazy like if, if one doesn't make the three the other one does and they just went back and forth it was like a nightmare for so many for so many uh teams having they're like oh we're, we're going up against you know yeah Steph curry and clay thompson we're screwed yep. i yep. mean it was so bad <laughs> but i mean yeah i mean they, they definitely have to have that kind of a of Mm-hmm. of relationship and uh so far it seems like lebron it has definitely stepped stepped uh, stepped uh, stepped up to uh his role as locker room leader and yeah. uh he's done such a great job i mean he's gotten the lakers this far he you know he the pressure's on for him to take them all the way and mm-hmm. uh again you know going back to what you said jeremy about his maturity level you know he's you know more mature than he was when he first started mm-hmm. in the in the game and he's changed a lot. He's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. He's definitely mm-hmm. seen things in a much different perspective. I think that even Kobe's passing also made him, you know, realize a few things as well. Maybe Absolutely. See things Absolutely. from a very, very different perspective at that point to the point mm-hmm. that now he's like, you know what? I need to, you know, I, it, mm-hmm. I need to reevaluate. He needed to reevaluate a few things. I'm sure he did. Yeah. And yeah. the proof is in the pudding. Look what's going on yeah. now. And he's just, you know, there to make sure that his team gets 
possess that title. And he's doing a great job for it. So again, game, uh, what is it, game four? Or no, game uh, game five. Yeah. Game five. Game five, Friday. <laughs> game five coming up Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern on ABC. So make sure you check your local listings for that one. Cannot wait to see mm-hmm. that. Coming up next in video game news, looks like Xbox has already started the trash talk against PS5. <laughs> and it's something really small, but it's still kind of funny anyway. But first, here is Lifeline's Rasta right here on the Xander Effect.
This is Max and Model Riley Sawyer, and you're listening to The Xander Effect. Jarman! Xander Effect. 
In video game news, looks like Xbox is taking its first jab at PS5 because I guess uh, PS5, the new system that's coming out right now, uh, you have to, in order for it, it, it uh, switch it, it's switching the console from a vertical to a horizontal orientation. And in order to hmm. make it go vertical, you have to like take a screw off or something like that. Well, when Xbox find that, found out about that, they decided to playfully post a tweet uh, with their system, how it's easy to just, you know, look. It, it, that, well, they said, quote, how to switch the Xbox Series X from vertical to horizontal. You just, you know, you just turn it. You just turn it. That's all you got to do. So <laughs> they started poking fun about that. I was like, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, that there, like, it looks like the the trash talk might begin already. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, PS Five decided to go ahead and open up its uh, system. It's providing more. Uh, it's, it has an internal fan that is able to cool off the system because these systems get really hot. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's good for PS Five to have done that. Plus, they also included a few other things too. So, I mean, but that just that tweet itself that was the, it was such a simple tweet. But hilarious! Yeah. So, props for Xbox on doing that. That's a nice little bit of shade. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They're throwing shade because you know it's a competitive industry. Which, by the way, you guys, the other day when we were talking about video games, you know, well, this is I other video you. game news right here. <laughs> you got a little ahead I of me there, Lonnie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So I admitted that, you know, I really, I don't play that many video games, but there was one that I really, really enjoyed that I played recently. So the name of the game is Beat Saber, and it's a VR game. It's a PS4. Oh, I've and actually heard of that. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I think my son might have been playing that on, I think, his Oculus or whatever. Yeah, so it's really cool. You know, it has like the latest uh, rock songs, whatever you want. They, You have this wand and you basically um, wear the headset, the virtual set, and you move to the beat of the music. And so you can go from very low tempo to very advanced, which is fast. And it's a bit of a video dance. And you're like slaying all these things coming at you, but moving in tune with the music. So that's the game that I love. If I'm going to play, I'll play Beat Saber. I like that. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm poor, so I can't afford VR. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. I mean, Aww. Christmas is coming up, so you know, hint, hint, nuts, nuts, wink, wink, saying. I don't love you that much. Uh, you know what? <laughs> that's just hurtful. Why would you say that on air? Because I, I want just, it on record. That's just hurtful, man. I mean, you can easily say that off the air. God. I hate you too. <laughs> That's all I can say about that one. It makes me feel loved. <laughs> and I love you both. Thank Yay, you, Lonnie. Thank you, Lonnie. <laughs> I'm here to bring the love. See, I, see, she makes it all tolerable. Give her time. I, I can put up with you more now. <laughs> Give her time. Give her time. Eventually, she'll join the dark side. <laughs> in, other, in other video game news, so we were talking about this before uh, we went on the air, and we were talking about how <laughs> how Cobra Kai mm-hmm. is uh, has developed a video game. It kind of reminds me of a little bit of Double Dragon, too, uh, in the same graphics, gameplay, everything. But it's just so funny. It, it's just, you know, they're really trying to cash in. Now that they're Netflix, now they have a video game. I mean, they're really, really like reaching out here. And I'm wondering if 
if our uh, our buddy Sean Kanan is going to be in that uh, at all. That that would be interesting. I really hope so. Again, they need to bring Mike Barnes back into this into this world. And as I've said, I really hope if they do, they bring him back as a pacifist or something. That's what, well. That was the interview. That was the interview that he said it would be kind of fun if he was like kind of like you know uh, uh, a complete hippie or something. But yeah, I'm exactly. Talking, I, but I'm talking about the video game. No, I know you're talking I, about you know, the video yeah. game, and that'd be very cool if they brought him back or allowed him to do some voice work but man as a video game fan this just feels very Shaq Fui to me this uh mm. feels <laughs> Shaq Fui I like that word Jeremy. well that was one of the worst martial arts video games of all time <laughs> and I remember that I can't believe you brought that up this wow. just feels this feels like a cash grab you know that's what it feels yeah, like to me I is. hope they do yeah. it justice I hope they do it well but this feels like a cash grab honestly this feels very much like Shaq Fu and it, it doesn't it does not make me want to go out and grab the game. It doesn't. It makes me go, dear God, that can't be good. I mean, it's, I, I, I hope it me. is. I hope it hey, is. Hey, guys, I haven't even watched it yet. I haven't even watched Cobra Kai, so. <laughs> oh, you're gonna, on you. You, you will have you're to. You're say something like that right now. You'll have to check it out because it is definitely <laughs> a, a throwback. That's for okay. sure. Yeah, because yeah, I it, did like Karate Kid back in the day. I was a Karate Kid fan. Oh, you'll love this one. You'll love this. So, it's definitely, yeah. It definitely does. It definitely gives uh, Karate Kid its justice. And it captures um, the genre very well. And it's okay. very and it's very unexpected each per each character's role in Cobra oh, Kai. Yeah, it's very neat. unexpected. So, but now, but going back to the game, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, it doesn't. I mean, it could be because maybe Cobra Kai isn't as popular, isn't popular just yet. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's going for a pretty cheap price. It's going for like I think uh, thirty dollars, twenty nine ninety nine is what I saw it on the Xbox store. Mm. Uh, so chances are, it you may be hitting the nail right on the head there, Jeremy, by saying that this could be just a cash grab uh simply because of the price if it was a if it was one of those games that it was like you know like really big it would go for 59.99 regular price but you know you would have heard about this in development for a couple of years and you would have been seeing the lead up so it just doesn't Mm -hmm. it doesn't fill me with a lot of hope that this is going to be a you know a, a groundbreaker or something Yep. So I mean, it, it's that's something to see. I'm actually I'm I might be so morbid enough to go ahead and buy it. To be honest with you, just for morbid, <laughs> just right. to see what it's like. I mean, I'm I'm kind of tempted, but I'm like, oh, don't from do the it guy here. who from the guy who can't afford the Oculus. You know, if you quit buying crap games just to see, you... <laughs> hey, Madden's not a crap game, all right? I, mean, I, I didn't say that. I would never say that. I mean, you know, I mean, granted, it has like, oh, uh, dude, Madden pisses me off. Oh, you know what? Before before we go out here, I do have one gripe with Madden. And, well, I have many gripes. With you Madden, have many but, gripes with Madden. Yeah, what is but it I this mean, week? This week, this week, what's going on with Madden, what irritates everything hell out of me is that EA, how in the blue hell could you do this to your players, to your to the people that buy this game? You go ahead and you play a solo uh, battle or not a solo battle one of the solo challenges on on Madden Ultimate Team and you're supposed to go ahead and for example like one of the challenges is to throw the ball 40 yards 50 yards whatever in one in one in one throw in one play you go ahead and you do it then the AI grabs horse collars and also grabs blatant blatant pass interference wow. Every wow. single time you try to do that, no call, 
The reps mm-hmm. are on EA's payroll. No freaking call whatsoever, and that really pisses me off. Because <laughs> if if I do something like that, boom, call. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Really, EA? Mm-hmm. Really, you're going to go ahead and do that to your players? They really need to fix that. They really, really need to fix that. Because I still have a theory that I'm thinking that EA needs to have their 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 players, the people that buy the game, be active. So they make these challenges harder or they screw people like this harder in order to keep them playing the freaking game. You know, for some reason or other. I don't know. Maybe they, you know, it's like it's like YouTube. The more hits, the, the better the game is. I have no idea. We've talked about this before. There might be something to it. It's for me, it's lazy programming. I, I like the idea. You know, make it more challenging to keep people involved, but find a way to get these devs who you're paying large amounts of money to, to actually make it harder. Don't put cheating in there to make it harder for you to do. Make the defense and the AI smarter. Make it harder. Make it a tougher defender. Make it, you know, all those things that it should be that they've implemented all over the rest of the game. But you see this in so many games, and it's not just sports games, where all of a sudden you get to a level and they want it to be really hard. And instead of it just being tougher or they just have more health or whatever it is, there's Mm -hmm. some little cheat type thing that they do. And it's to me, it's just lazy programming. It's annoying programming. I hate it. It really irritates me. But <laughs> it's wishful thinking. I doubt EA will even care to go ahead and do any of that. So well, with the millions and billions they're making on that game, that game alone, I mean, mm-hmm. why why would they change it if everybody's just going to buy it anyway? What are you trying to say? I mean, what, what, what <laughs> I'm saying you're part of the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I thought you were at least going to share your code and at the very least on that. With you, hell no. (laughs) That's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much for joining us on the Xander Effect. Again, I'd like to thank my pain in the ass uh, co-host Jeremy Miller. Thanks, buddy, for being here as always. Right here, always a pleasure busting your balls. (laughs) And of course, our (laughs) brand new co-host, the lovely Lonnie Rivera. Lonnie, thanks so much for being with us and tolerate us as much as you did today again great to be back you guys and i'll see you back here on friday yes you definitely will and uh, remember everybody out there we're still in a pandemic regardless of certain people out there that decide that hey there's nothing really wrong with the with uh, coronavirus so i'm not going to go ahead and mention any names but uh remember we're still in a pandemic wear your gloves if you got them wear your goggles if you got them wear uh your masks very important that mask needs to stay on to avoid the spread of this virus it's very very deadly regardless of of uh of of certain opinions of people uh it's very deadly make sure that you take care of yourselves watch each other's backs practice basic hygiene wash your hands use wash each other's backs watch each other's backs watch (laughs) them watch watch watch. (laughs) okay okay okay. um you know make sure that you you know you wash your wash your hands uh use hand sanitizer and remember we're in this together you know we're still in the battle together and remember music always always heals all we'll see you next time yeah 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 yeah
The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., Sony Music The Orchard, and BMG Bertelsmann. In association with Art19 Media.